Welcome to another 28092 podcast. Um, I, let me just say up front on this one, it has become evident that this is much harder than I ever anticipated to get people to agree to be a, a guest on the podcast. I can't, I, at least 10 different people I've contacted to be guests on the podcast who initially will go, yeah, sure, that sounds great. I, I can never seem to get them scheduled. And this is not a reflection on you if you're one of those people listening, but it's just, I think people maybe, I don't know if it's, they're intimidated about talking about a subject or uh, just can't find the time, whatever. Anyway, my goal in 2024 is to get more people on the podcast locally and get some more uh, great content, hopefully. At least that's the goal. In the midst of all this thing, there's something else I found out and had been thinking about, about this for a while some statistics for Lincoln County specifically, and I'll tell you why this came up shortly. But when it comes to foster care and adoption in Lincoln County, there are like 25 kids right now, according to the Lincoln County website, legally free for adoption. There are like a total of 90 kids, either in foster care, awaiting adoption or whatever. Suffice it to say, a lot of kids who need a permanent home. So when we were in Tennessee, we adopted a son, 14 years old at the time. Uh, a lot of people called me crazy, called you know us crazy for, for doing that. But as a family, we sat down, we talked about it. We went through the process, uh, adopted Michael, who's now 26. He came from a um, I don't, I don't, troubled background, a background where there were a lot of, of drugs involved with his biological mother, etc. Uh, didn't know who his biological father was until he was like 11 or 12. He, I'll let him get into some of that. But when I mentioned that I was going to do a podcast, we had talked about this, Michael and I, in years past. Maybe his story, our adoption story, might help somebody else take that step, realize that they're not alone when it comes to adoption and to, to be in, in that kind of situation. So Michael called me up and said, you know, the, the podcast might be a good thing to do that, and I think I'm ready to talk about it after all this time. So I said, hey, why not? Let's do it. We'll make it a podcast. And so here we are. So Michael, um, let's just go back and start as early as you can remember as a kid. What what do you remember? Shoot. I can, I, don't, I mean... Some of the earliest memories I got is, you know, back in, you know, the Sevierville, Knoxville area where we were when uh, my grandmother, you know, passed away. I can remember some of those days. Um, Are those good memories or bad memories? They're uh, distant, really. I mean, I know, like, I, I know the memories, but I don't know if they were good, bad, in between. <clears throat> there was a lot of, I, I can, I know that there's a lot of times where we would, you know, go over to where she was living at the time and, uh, we'd be there for, you know, a good amount of time. Back then, I can't really remember if it was, you know, place to place. The only thing I can remember is going over there, you know, that and, a little bit of probably going to my great grandmother's was the other, you know, early memories. Those times when we were go to Memo's, uh, it was all good. I know that. Had to play video games, swim in the pool, run up and down the field, playing, you know, whatever tag, football, baseball, whatever we could do to keep us busy as kids. That I can remember, but at that time you're probably what, eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah, well, it could be a little bit. It, it's probably a little bit earlier than that. I mean, six, seven, maybe. Going over, you know, to my great grandmother's and to 
to my memos before she passed. I was three when she actually passed. I mean, I can remember. So you were wrong, younger than three then. Being there. So that's why I guess it means that I don't know if they were good or bad then. And then after when she passed and we were going to memos all the time, you know, playing video games and whatnot, uh, I can remember those being good times. And that, you know, memo was my great-grandmother. Right. <clears throat> um, And then, you know, living in Knoxville on Feather Street, I can remember a lot of those times, absolutely. You know, and I had brother and uh, sister. sister. Yeah. Half brother, half sister. Yeah. And then came along my brother's sister, which I guess she's considered a half sister as well. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, back then. But uh, swing sets, I mean, freaking everything that we could do to play, be the kids that we wanted to be. And all that, because I can remember all that stuff, you know, going to school, and then biological mom ended up, you know, finding somebody that she met, and then school wasn't a thing for me for a little bit, so... What do you mean by that? You didn't, because she didn't make you go to school? Yeah, yeah, it was close to being, you know, the truancy cases that you hear about kids not going to school, Yeah, they get put into foster care. I mean, I was probably a day or two off. And I could have ended up back then in fourth grade. I could have ended up in foster care at that time. Yeah, at that time. Why didn't Why didn't you go? She just make you go. You You were moving around place to place. She a lot of drugs were involved, <laughs> so she didn't really pay attention. Yeah. So it was because <clears throat> I was gonna say I can actually go back a little bit further. That's fine. And because this, we're I'm jumping a little bit ahead. Yeah, I guess. It, it's in the, I mean, like the same time of living on Feather Street whenever I was there. Um, Dogwood Elementary. I did first grade there, uh, and I did second grade twice in that school. Well, one year, and then they moved me to New Hopewell. Um, those times were pretty rough just because the quote-unquote learning disability that I apparently had that I didn't know that I yeah. You know, had at the time. Um, it was hard to read, and I guess that was because of my eyesight, maybe. And looking back at your medical records, as far as I'm aware, there was never any kind of evaluation to see if there was a learning disability of any kind or anything that I'm aware of. I think a lot of it, you know, they say that the learning, the quote-unquote learning disability that I had that I didn't know about until later years <clears throat> was one reason why, you know, they decided that I should probably just be failed or fail and second grade, second or grade, held yeah. back second grade, whatever, and repeat it. <clears throat> I think a lot of it had to do with not necessarily moving around, but, you know, me starting to notice what was going on back then, as in the drug use. When you got home. Yeah. Going on home. And, you know, the, you know, the consistency of, you know, going home and – there's no attention being paid towards not only me, but my brother and my sister at the time. Yeah. And uh, I've always thought that maybe that was something that had, you know, had a lot to do with it. So nobody really at home was helping you with any kind of schoolwork. They weren't encouraging no. to do anything like that. There was none of that. It was what people in their mind probably think is a stereotypical, you know, uh, parent doing doing some drugs and not paying attention to their kids. Yeah. That, that would you, is that a fair statement? That's pretty fair, yeah. So 
<clears throat> moving on up then after that you stayed there how many more times did you move i have no idea I, I i can tell you i remember there was i can vaguely remember a trailer that we lived in i can vaguely remember a trailer up there um at home when your biological mom was there was there somebody else there adult wise too boyfriends plenty there i mean if you want to call them friends at the time they were always around um you know talk about talking about adult yeah they there. were yeah adult ish if you want to call that you know I mean if you want to call them that whatever but they were there physically yeah um you know my brother's dad wasn't full time around you know after the second grade yeah so there was no, I, no yeah guys there was around. no like person that had a right sense of like stability in their mind to take care of any kids around. No. Right. It, it was, was kind of a just party a house. free for all. Yeah. Free for all party house kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this. Some of these questions are going to be hard. Did you, did you know at that time who your dad was? No. Biological dad. No, there was, uh, I was told that, you know, it was a certain person and that was why my name is Michael. Yeah. Um, and that was that he was, you know, my dad um i had heck i was told that for years and then <clears throat> and that wasn't true never did they know when they told you that that it wasn't true yeah. or that okay yeah they just wanted you to have or do to think that yeah again, for whatever that reason. peace of mind of you know yeah, they know and now that i know who he is but i need to know that he is a pos is that and another that's why they didn't want him around so they told you this person was your dad and he was not a good person and that's why he wasn't around. So how old were you? Five, mm, six? Yeah, I'd say probably like seven. If you were like, okay. Yeah, I'd say more like seven. So that was like in one county, Knox County, for people who are not from Tennessee, but then you moved to Blunt County at some point. What what constituted that? Why why the move? What happened there? That Yeah, it a lot of that fourth grade stuff was in the Knox County area and it was that whole, you know, how you have – your first and second part of the school year first part was you know the whole truancy situation where i was like legit maybe maybe two days off you know from from the state getting involved and saying hey you know you can't take care of him he can't be put in school he's not making the bus and all this um you know after that christmas break era area we uh we ended up having having to move to maryville we had no other option, and my great grandmother Memo, yeah, um, you know, she kind was kind in. enough and say, "Hey, look, you guys can stay here for a while, and this is what will happen." And I finished out, you know, the fourth grade year in Friendsville, um, school every single day, you know, with Memo stepping in and saying, you know, he can be here, you know, you're going to be here as well, he's going to be here, um. So you're saying that she's allowing you and your biological mom to be there. And she said what? Crap's going to change. Yeah. It was, she was strict. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can, I mean, she's the strictest person I've ever met in my life. Um, it was, you go to school, you don't act like a nimwit. Yeah. You make good grades. You bring your folder home and you're going to do your homework and you're going to sit at the kitchen table. You're going to do what they tell you. You're going to, you got to do. It was that every single day. 
and I right. hated it. It made me. <laughs> Most I, kids I, I, yeah, I mean, I hated Especially school. Coming from a, a background, I'm not having to do it. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Like never having to do it and hating school because I never, like, I never went, so I hated it anyways. So I was happy that I wasn't going, but and then I was being made to go to school every single day, made to do homework and everything. It just made me hate it even more. So let me just interject and say, so sounds like to people listening, you went from a situation, drug house. Uh, people not paying attention to the kids to your grandmother's house where at least somebody has put some rules in place or you're going to school. Now, is your is your mom there at your grandma's? Yeah. Um, so she, she lived there until basically after school was done because um, in the process of my memo letting us stay there, she was like becoming a foster parent herself. Your grandma. Because... Um, my uncle, who was only he's only three years older than I was, he had been with her since nineteen ninety nine, as to my knowledge, whenever you know, his mom passed away, the one I mentioned earlier, my yeah. grandmother. Um, she had had him since he was six years old and uh she wanted to help more after so long taking care of him taking care of him, um, she wanted to help, you know, a few others that she could help with. You know, mm-hmm. give them a home you know, that stability, that love that, you know, you have somebody she wanted to give, you know, some kids that opportunity. And she was in the process of doing that whenever we came. And luckily that what nothing, you know, got stopped from doing that with us being there. Cause I know in some cases the state won't allow, you know, outsiders to be there if you're becoming right. If you're going to be a foster parent, parent. she was setting she was a foster parent at that time and she was getting some state support to help be a foster parent whatever. Yeah. And we, not we, but my memo ended up getting a uh, teenage girl at the time who. As a foster kid. Yeah, as a foster kid. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> who was being put in foster care, ironically, for truancy. Because, yeah. you know, her mother was apparently into the same things as my mom right. at the time. And uh, she wasn't going to school, wasn't making grades, you know, skipping all the time. She. Uh, Got in some trouble with the law, so Memo said, "We'll take her, and I'll see what I can do." And she ended up coming after, or right at the end of the school year. I think she was like a freshman in high school at the time when she came. And uh, you know, my biological mom was there at the time whenever school ended, and we had a pool. So, um, I th- I think it went because I, I, as far as I know, I was asleep. There was a lot of yelling, and this was like two weeks when summer started, like literally two weeks into the summertime. That girl had only been there for maybe a month, almost a month. Mm-hmm. Um, my biological mother knew this guy that she went to school with um, when she was in high school, so you know, a long time ago, and he apparently lived in the Maryville area, and she invited him over to my mamaw's, you know, in the middle of the night. And he brought, you know, whatever he could bring, weed if it was that, <clears throat> and, you know, some liquor stuff. And they ended up letting that girl, you know, do things that she shouldn't have done, such Drug as, wise, the, drugs alcohol, as yeah. the yeah alcohol and the weed. And, uh, and my, I know my memo had found out about it, obviously, the next morning. Uh, and they got in a uh, big fight. So everybody understands what's going on. You moved over to your grandma's house with your biological mom. Your biological mom invites, who's still doing drugs and stuff, uh, invites somebody she knows, another, as we'll say, semi-adult, 
over there to do drugs and stuff with her and included this foster girl who was there in in the drugs and stuff and then you you hear the noise because your grandma finds out about this yeah that yeah and um, they, they're yelling at one another and then you hear that and you wake up hearing that there was a baseball bat involved i know that yeah uh, i know my biological mom got pegged in the leg yeah um and it was you know after all that commotion i had came out and it was michael david get in the car now we're leaving and who, who say who was saying this that is to you my biological mom, mom okay michael david get in the car right now we're leaving you know, in tears, screaming, bawling her eyes yeah. out because, you know, she got caught for doing crap that she shouldn't have been doing. And, you know, she's in the wrong. And uh, I can I can remember standing in the living room at Memo's house. My uncle's on the couch. He's trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Yeah. My and, you're, and you're in what, fifth grade? Yeah, about to start. I'm literally going into fifth grade at the end of the summer. <clears throat> and uh, my uncle's sitting on the couch. My mamaw's yelling at my biological mom. She's yelling at me to get in the dang car. And she had my little sister in her arms, too, because uh, she obviously had to go. She was maybe four, three, four at mm-hmm. the time. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, telling me to get in the car and everything. And I just looked at my mamaw, and I looked at my uncle, and I turned back and looked at her, and I said, uh, no. I told her she needed to go to hell. Yeah. Basically. Um there's a lot more vulgar words that I used. Sure. As a fifth grader. As a, as a fifth grader, yeah. Um, about to be because I was exposed to all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Um but you know, I told her to go to hell. I'm not doing it. I I think it, when all that happened, I didn't you know, back then I didn't realize how quote unquote good I had it because i hadn't had anything like that so as much as i hated school yeah right um being able to have that stability of staying with memo um it was a good idea yeah to me so that's why i told my biological mom just you know go i'm not i'm I'm staying i'm staying here i'm not going anywhere this is where i need to be i don't need to go with you it ain't going to be a good idea so you didn't go, and then what happened? You stayed there for how much longer? Um, I stayed there. Uh, I was about three years, full time, three years. Yeah, and did um, was your mom part of it? Then did she come back and forth? Well, she didn't really go too far. When all that happened, um, that's whenever we I got, you know, told your biological dad's going to be coming around, and. You know, and you're thinking it's the guy you was to- you were told yeah. it was your biological guy. Yeah. Okay. So this whole time that I was being told that it was this one guy, uh, and they, and then you know she comes back around and says, "I'm going to bring him back around." You know, this is what's going to happen. I'm like, okay. And by bringing him back around, what you mean to be part of? To, no, to she. Think, I, it, your biological mom says she's bringing him back around. Yeah, okay. she wanted him to come into you know my life. I guess. I got you. Okay. Um, and I, but, I mean, but just so we're clear, this is the guy who's not really your biological dad, just who you've been told was no, your biological dad, right? No. Okay. No, no, no. She went and got my actual biological dad. Okay, that's that's what I was trying to say. The other guy, that the other guy I thought was, you know, okay. supposed to be my dad. He he just faded away? Uh, that faded away, and it was it came, it came went straight into, after she got kicked out of my mamma's house, 
it went straight into here he is. Here's your real biological We're taking DNA. We're going to the court. We're taking DNA tests. I'm going to prove to you that this is him. This is him. And it's also to, you know, for, for his knowledge to know that he was actually my biological dad because he didn't believe it. So what was that like when they tell you, okay, this is not your dad, even though we've been telling you it was, but this is your dad and we proved it now. What's that like? Um, Oh, really, I don't know. Uh, I I couldn't tell you that one. I mean, I mean, it's like having it... having 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 my brother's dad around for so long. Yeah. Uh, back then, not really. I mean, he was around, and he took care of a lot of the stuff that needed to be taken care of. Um, in ways, he did do that stuff, but <clears throat> there were so many other people. I mean, that I was told that I would be calling them dad. That you that know, it never happened. You yet. know that. Whenever we can step back to that first part of fourth grade, yeah. where we were at the time, you know, I was told that I was going to be calling him dad. Mm. So it's like, I I don't know how I felt about it. I mean, when I, I, I was maybe pissed off about it, sure, or upset or hurt or something, but. That's pretty, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it's been so long. I, I don't really know. So let me help fast forward just a little bit because some of this part of the story I know. Somebody says, your grandma, your biological mom, or somebody, that you're going to go start living with your biological dad now. Is that right? Um, Yes and no. It was, you know, we went and did the whole DNA test. We did the court stuff. Found out that he wasn't. We went, I went every other weekend. And this was while living full time with my memo. <clears throat> right. So how did uh, that work out? Well, she didn't have custody. She They didn't work anything out to where... Your grandma didn't? No. So she didn't have any say in anything? Not really. My biological mom still had the right to say everything, unfortunately. Right. Because um, she was not wanting to sign over anything through the court system with my memo. So I was living with my memo, and my biological mom was okay with it because it was one less person she had to deal with or take care of. And it was more time that she got to do whatever she needed to do. So she didn't want to do the court stuff with that, but she wanted to do the court stuff to find out who my biological dad was. Um, and when it came to meeting him, we agreed on every other weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday, but I went over there on Fridays after school. Right. Um, and it was like that for two and a half years. So I started middle school, sixth grade. I wanted to play football, and I was told no because it was too expensive. Right. I wanted to play basketball after football season was over. I was, no, it's too expensive. I wanted to run a track. No, it's too expensive. And I ended up playing soccer. Uh, and I only got to play soccer because my memo picked up a little bit more at the Hardys when you know, she, she was, was man working at Hardy. Yeah, yeah, she was like manager of a couple of them or oversee, oversaw a couple of them. And she picked up a little bit, and she was like, you know, your uncle plays soccer. I can agree to let you play that. I know how much it is for, you know, middle school soccer. Yeah. Sure. I took advantage of it, and I took it. So did that, like, all sixth grade. Seventh grade came around, and, you know, my biological dad got a little bit more involved with some things. Um, and we're still doing the every other weekend thing. Right. Um, I asked to play football again at the end of summer going into seventh grade and he was sure 
Right. What do I have? Like, he he asked, you know, what do you need? I'll do what I can. You know, right. he's working at manufacturing company down there in Maryland. So, I mean, it's not like the dude was hurting back then. I mean, times were way different. It wasn't ex- as expensive in the world as it is now. So like, he could afford to do it. He also had a, a wife and another oh, yeah. kid, right? So Yeah, he you- had a wife and two other kids when I met them. Um, so to some degree, when they, they basically tracked him down, said, get the test, you're Michael's dad, and we're going to prove it in court, and now mm-hmm. you've got to go to court, and now you're getting every other week in custody, and I'm probably some child support of some kind, I would think. And in, in most states, that's what's required. Yeah, that's, So he's having to pay some child support of some kind. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to. Yeah, like, go ahead. Uh, that, 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 that's, you know, those three years that I was in Maryville with my mom, you know, two and a half or full time. When seventh grade started, he became a little bit more involved. Got the football stuff that I needed. We went through it, went through seventh grade. And then right, you know, at the beginning of eighth grade, it was, I want full custody of you. Who says this? My biological dad. Okay. I want full custody of you. I have the right to. He said, so I'm going to take it. And, you know, I didn't see it back then, but years later, I ended up seeing it. He he wanted that, uh, so he didn't have to pay child support anymore, which was, he didn't want to pay it. Let me. He didn't want to pay the child support. Yeah. But he also was forced to pay it because uh, my well, biological mom, ordered. well, that, and my, he would have never known about me if it wasn't for my biological mom. Right. And the only reason why she wanted to do it was so she could get that money. Right. And what does a druggie do when they get more money? Do more drugs. They get more involved in drugs. Yeah. So it ramped her up and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, crazy, crazy stuff. And uh, so he wanted to put a stop to it. Yeah. You know, and so he talked to my memo about it. It caused a lot of problems uh, in Memo's household because um, they didn't want me you know, leaving. Right. Uh, you know, not only did like, I love being there so much just because, That's where you, you know, I been. had that my was... uncle. Yeah. And it was like the first household that I was in. That was, that was really comfortable yeah. and stable and everything. And I had my uncle who's only three years older than I was. You know, we had, like I mentioned earlier, Mama was a foster parent. She brought some really good kids in that, you know, had unfortunate, you know, situations, situations that they went through. Yeah. Got close with them. You know, we're all, there were some of them that were around the same age. As, they were a little bit older, about a year or two older than I was. But we all got. But you our, had friends there. Yeah. You had a stable place to yeah. go. You knew you had. And we were all comfortable. So yeah. And so then to, to to help with the process here. So then, biological dad says he wants full custody. He gets full custody. He gets it. Okay. I mean, he gets it almost immediately. And um, so then you ended up getting moved in with him, right? Yep. I was there. Uh, I think I was there for. Two months, mm-hmm. and then it fell apart. It was in what all, way? It, 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 it was. It was. I moved in, and it was all about you know having me in the household full time. You know the other two kids that he had, they weren't there full time, so it was only me. And then him and his wife, they worked at the same place, and and I was going to school every day, so it wasn't like I was ne- I wasn't I was home by myself or anything. Um. And that happened for maybe two months, and then it all just the care that yeah. was there at the beginning when they first got like he first got full custody of me, 
the care that was there, the, you know, quote unquote love and, you know, all the sun is in the house yeah. that it didn't last. Like it was like legit there for maybe two months and that might be pushing it. And it became, you know, I grew up with a good fan, a good kid and his family was churchgoers going to their church, you know, all through middle school. So basically you started spending the night more and more at this friend's house who was taking you to church and he went to school with you and because you didn't feel like they cared at home anymore, right? You know, whenever I say that care just yeah. disappeared, it stopped. It was me going over there during school nights. Right. And you're spending it, the night with yep. the friend's family. Yep. In the middle of the week or at the beginning of the week, all week, and, and then go home for a day. Call them up and say, hey, is can it you okay come get I, me? Yeah. yeah. And that turned into me living with them. While right. in his like custody, it just turned into me living with them. So biological dad never calls you or calls back over there and says, hey, get back home here. You you can't stay over there all the time. You live here or anything like that. Not that I know about it or anything because I really don't. But I think there was you know some sense, not in his mind, but in my friend's dad's mind to text him maybe and say hey you know he's, he's okay doing he's okay. over here yeah yeah, yeah. we're good I, we got knowing it. who that person is yeah. i know that's what happened i'm sure because that he's, he's a good person and that's, i'm sure he was who he trying to do the right yeah. thing yeah um so i think that's why that led him to not ever really check on me and make sure you know that i was a alive you right know, b not right you know in another state or gone it is i think there was some like, I want to believe that that, that is what happened. Yeah. Like, he did text him and say, you right. know, he's good. I, yeah, yeah. Just because I, just I know who he is. And I know how much love he showed me, you know, through middle school with, you know, taking me to church and whatnot. So, but at this point, you still, um, so your your dad's got, biological dad's got custody. You're basically living with somebody else, though. And, um, and he's okay with that. And yep. I know he knows that you're okay because he knows who you're with. Yep. But then... Um, you because we're getting close to the point where I got to know who you were. We're and not when, too when far from, off. Not yeah. too far off that. So you stayed with that family for a while. This is a small community here in Tennessee, and going to school and middle school, high school there, we all knew one another's parents. All the parents knew one another, and um, it was not uncommon to hey have sleepovers here and there. But sleepovers turned into staying a week, staying two weeks, staying a month, and you basically bounced around and lived at different houses there for quite a while. Is that right? Yep, that's basically all it was, eighth grade. Um, Just know. I'll spend the night here for a couple nights and then yeah. ends up being a week or two. Yep, and sometimes it, for a while it turned into a week or two, and then eventually it turned into full-time with another family. The, another family that I was with right before you know I met you guys. <clears throat> and uh, that was that was a roller coaster. Um as well, because yeah. it went from, you know, went from mammals to biological dads for a couple months. And then it was back to the same old crap from back in the day when I was, you know, it was a different house. Yeah. Every other week or every week or, you know, whatever, just couch surfing. Not necessarily, <laughs> you know, it's just that term of couch surfing. I was in, you know, homes and stuff. But it was different. <clears> but it was just houses. so many. Yeah. It was, it was like, uh, it, I'll say this this way: you were like a child of the community. <laughs> I mean, that the, so many uh, different families who you know had kids your age 
sons, whatever, that you played soccer with, football with, whatever, said, yeah, the guy's coming over to spend a night. Michael's coming to spend a night over here. And you might stay there for a couple of nights, and it might turn into a week. Yeah, I was like and the then, only one, though. Like, right, right. We could, we could probably go somewhere, and it would be five or – you know, four or five, six of us show up. Yeah, and then, we stay for Friday night after school or after practice or after game, depending yeah. on what season it was in eighth grade. Um, and after everybody I was, was the, the only one, one, the only one that stuck. I around was the only one that stuck around. Yep. Because why was that? You didn't want to go back to wherever, or just because it was fun and you were a kid at the time? Uh I mean, I think it had a lot to do with both. You know, right? Questions you got there. I. I didn't want to go back, uh, obviously, to biological dads because, I mean, when I was there, I was there for an hour maybe. Yeah. So it didn't really have a home base. Yeah, no, it was never That you home knew base. was your home base. Yeah. And since biological dad is the only one who could really enforce anything because he had custody and he didn't, he just kind of let you do what you did. Um, and this is kind of where we come in because we're at a football game, eighth grade, middle school football game. My daughter – oldest daughter who's the same age as you basically was in the same grade and she's a cheerleader you're playing football and you get knocked out on the field to get a concussion and when you're laid out on the field all the parents are looking around thinking okay where's this kid's parents and nobody's there for you in terms of parents no no parents or your parents are not there and this is kind of when we take notice and other people at the school that take notice that their your parents aren't there and nobody knows who they are and um that's kind of when we first noticed that uh, something was wrong. That's like nine or ten months prior, yeah, playing football with you guys. So let me tell that story. So we're driving home from Knoxville Church one day. It's February. It's been cold and dreary as it is in wintertime, and it's one of the first nice days in February. And we pass a big field that's beside a public park there, and I told our kids, I said, why don't you guys call some of your friends? Let's get together and let's have some tag football out on this football field. And so we did. And first weekend we did it, it as a couple families came out. And then the next, the word got around the school and uh, more kids came. And for long, sometimes we'd have five or six families. Sometimes we'd have 10. Other people would drop their kids off. And that's when I think after the second or third week that you got dropped off and we got to meet you. No, I think y'all played for like, we might we played like two months or so yeah we played like it became like an every sunday every thing sunday every sunday after yeah. church thing and then one sunday you showed up yep. and somebody just pulled up and dropped you off it was the family that you were staying with at that time yep and uh pulled up and dropped you off and left and we all played and we got ready to leave and everybody's ready to leave but there was you were there and nobody was there to get you yet yep. And um, another time that we look at, what is this kid and where's his parents? And then I think somebody knew who it was you were staying with and called him and said, you know, or, or we might have taken you home. I don't even remember, honestly. But that's how we kind of got to know who you were. Yeah. Because with the, all the other kids running around, we're like, here's a kid who doesn't have a family or doesn't have somebody that's looking after him. And, and so I started looking into it to see if anybody knew what the situation was. And um, at that time... We lived up on the Tennessee River, and we had a boat, and we used to go barefoot and water skiing and stuff. We'd get up in the morning, and, some, uh, and this time you guys are in eighth, ninth grade. Uh, uh, no, this is the end. It's in, the in end eighth of grade. eighth grade, yeah. So some of the, my kids' friends would come out, and we'd go on the lake, and I knew you came with them yeah. a few times. And so we'd, we would kind of barefoot ski and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and that's how we kind of got connected as a family to you and some of the other kids in the neighborhood. And it was basically the barefooting. I mean – other than well, other than the tubing, because you know my friends, you know my sister. Now we were in the same grade. We had mutual friends. 
they right, were going over to your summer. house because of you know her boyfriend at the time. They were going over to yeah, your right, house, right, right, and tubing and everything. And they uh, they had asked me, you know, hey, do you want to go out? And yeah, yeah, absolutely. What kid don't want to go yeah. out in summertime to go tubing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think you actually drove the ski boat all the way from where we lived, all or where you lived at the time. Because that right, would get right. confusing. Right. Um, but all the way from to, where you lived, all the way across the freaking river to pick me up on the Big Mabel. And, you know. <laughs> That's a tube. It was. A brand of a tube. Yeah. The yeah. big old tube. And it was like, I think that was the first day other than the football stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, that got everything started going. Right. Um, so at that time, you were living with another family. They had a, a son also who was a little younger than you, but about the same age. And you were you got along well with him. They also lived on the lake around the corner from us. You got um, seemed like you kind of had it made at the time. I mean, um, so but I asked around the neighborhood, trying to get more on your story, to find out what it was, why it was that you seemed to always be at a different house or something. It's like when a all the group of kids leave houses and everybody goes home. You tend to stay wherever it was you stayed that night. Um, so I talked to some of your teachers who were friends of ours, uh, coaches, et cetera, and to find out what your situation was and to basically come up with the idea uh, to, to offer and say, hey, look, we we would adopt you. It was it was, it was was kind of terrible timing, though, cause like not in the aspect of you guys wanting to adopt me, yeah. but the timing was terrible because – like you mentioned, it was the first home since yeah, I left had, Mammals that yeah. I had stayed you, at for more than two weeks. Right, the, the place you were kind yeah. of staying at the time. So, like, I was having fun being yeah. at this place. Because, you know, like I mentioned, it was on the lake as well, and you guys had come and picked me up from there. So, like, in my mind then, it was terrible timing. Um, yeah. No, I, I no, that's, Just because yeah. I think I was more into the fun, you know, that I hadn't You're, had. You know, you're what I'm an eighth saying? grader. Yeah, like I, I never had, but I never had that kind of fun. Right. Whenever you know, growing up and stuff. So, in my mind back then, when it got sprung on me, when it wasn't supposed to, <laughs> it was like, what the heck? Yeah. You know, because I, I didn't. There's a. I if was, anybody I was, hears there's a fly in the studio. It keeps flying by the microphone. Yeah, here, go ahead. Bugging me, but and when I say it's terrible timing back then. It was mostly because I hadn't had, you know, that kind of fun. So in my mind, you know, obviously I already knew where you guys had lived and everything because I'd been there from the boat ride and everything. Um, And I saw that you guys had exactly pretty much, you know, what I was already having. So I was like, we're going to move again. As, as a 14 year old yeah so at, at 14 years old, i'm like you, you can't here blame we go, a 14 i'm gonna year move old. again yeah and from our perspective so we had sat down talked about it as a family decided to move forward and after a football game i said hey i want to ask you something let's go talk and so we drove to get something to eat at mcdonald's and this is where uh, i don't i don't remember the mcdonald's you, very you don't you don't okay not because I, it's I never, not I said, like Right in there, you get. I know we went uh, it's somewhere. Probably because it was kind of overwhelming. Yeah, frankly, it might have been. And because anyway, we we went to sit down at the McDonald's, and I said, "Here's what I'm proposing." I said, "If you if it's something you want, mm-hmm. then we'll go through the process to adopt you, make you full part of the family, etc." Blah blah blah. Yeah. And I said, "Don't you don't you don't tell me your answer. You think about it." I said, "That's just just an option. And you think about it." And I'm if I'm not mistaken, 
you, right there you said, yeah, that's something that you would do, you wanted to do. Yeah. I said, I don't want an answer now. I don't want you to, I, that, I'm not taking the yes. I want you to go think about it, talk to people, whatever. I'd already talked to um, other people in the neighborhood that had known you, where places you had stayed and stuff like that, that that was what we were talking about doing. And um, some people said, Franklin, honestly, some people said, you're crazy. <laughs> you're, bringing yeah. a, you're bringing a 14-year-old boy into a house with 14-year-old girl, to 12 or uh, 10-year-old girl. And um, in middle school, uh, that he's the back. His background is sketchy at best, yep. and whatever. And some people call me crazy. Yep. And maybe in hindsight, after some of the things we went through, maybe they were right. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but we talked about it later on. You said yes. I remember you calling biological dad because in order to do it, I had to get um, the go through the court stuff. We had to go contact biological dad who had custody. Um, I had to contact biological mom and get her to sign papers to say yeah. to do it voluntarily because I remember telling you because you hadn't lived in any, any, either one of those for a while. And you, I said, here's the thing. If you want to do it, we'll find a way to do it whether they want to or not. Yeah. Because in Tennessee, had they had not had anything to do with you for a while. Legally, that legal term for that in Tennessee in a lot of states is called it's abandonment. So basically they just kind of let you go and they didn't really have a lot of say. If somebody else wants to step up, they, we could file for abandonment. It would have been ugly, would have made everybody pissed off, Yeah. but we could have still done it. I didn't want to do it that way. Um, so I, I contacted them all and talked to them and told them the story. Had to track them down. Had to track down biological mom, somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody had to go find her, bring her. We had to meet somewhere because nobody knew where she was. Right. Biological dad had to find track down, get his number and stuff, and meet him somewhere, and basically sit down and said, "Look, here's the deal, and this is and this is almost verbatim what I said. Um, this guy needs somebody. He needs a stable place to be. He needs somebody, and um, and I'm willing to do that if you guys aren't. Um, and I'm I'm guessing you're not. And there was a lot of him and Han, um, because for somebody to admit that is admitting they had done something kind of wrong, even though yeah. I was trying to make it in a way that it didn't seem like they were saying, oh yeah, I screwed up or whatever. Um, and so they basically agreed and we signed the papers and, uh, and went through court, got an attorney, got it all done and, uh, made it a full on adoption. Um, so that we had, because one of the things, knowing the background, you're 14 years old, yeah. You come with a lot of baggage. Well, <laughs> well, lack of a better <laughs> bad, word, bad, but baggage, bad habits. But yes, and habits. Bad habits. And anytime when you move, sometimes from house to house, sometimes, and you correct me if I'm wrong about this, but sometimes you didn't like somewhat somebody told you where you live. Maybe, like you said, yeah. you don't want to go to school. When they crack down a little bit, you're just ready to go somewhere else, and you were able to do that because nobody yeah. was, they were just letting you. And I said, I'm not going to do that because I, that's exactly what's going to happen. Because I told you at the McDonald's, I said, there's going to be some times you're not going to like me very much. And because I'm, I'm not a super strict guy. Uh, you can, you can say, well, me. <laughs> but, but, uh, when you've got a, you can be, well, yeah, in, well, I mean, in the right, things, in the right, in the right ways, you can be not in the right ways, but in the right ways, but you're not. I'm not. Mean, I'm not it. mean about yeah. it. We just got. You just. You got the rules. Yeah, we got rules. Yep. And I, I mean, didn't. Got, ha- I didn't have that. That's right. The only place I had that was at Memos. And so, you know, after those two years, and I had that that almost to me almost military 
living situation because it was this or that. She was um she was she strict. Was, she, she was strict. She was very old, old fashioned. School. Old yes. school, spanking strict. You mentioned a ball Switch. bat one time. I didn't get no, the ball no, bat. I know you didn't get the but ball bat. But I got bat. plenty of switches. Yeah. And I had to pick them out myself. Yeah, well, I did that too. She yeah. was just my generation before yeah. us. So um, If it wasn't thick enough, you'd get hit with it and then you had to go get another one. But there's probably people asking and this is exactly what I asked. Um and I still don't know the answer to it. Why at some point did nobody else step up and and do basically what we did as a family and say and 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 I and I know it's and uh, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I, to you know answer somewhat answer that question. I think there was uh, that one family that wanted to. Um, I think I think he wanted to him and his wife. Um, yeah. Just because his son and I were Close you know, friends, best yeah. friends at the time. Yeah, and I, 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 think and I, was, he, I actually wasn't including that family. And yeah, I, I know. I was not including them in that I because know, they probably would I know, have. but I think that is the only other family, other than you guys taking me in and everything and adopting me, I think he would have done it. I just don't think for him the timing was right. I don't, I, right. I don't think, well, I think at the time he didn't know if that's, if that was maybe the right something thing he to do. would, yeah, right thing to do, and if that's something him and his wife and his kids could, you know, come to an agreement on and on doing that, right? It's a big step, yeah. It's a big step for any adoption, even a baby. But when you consider, you know, older kids getting adopted, that's why there are so many older kids that need homes because it's a lot of what's the word? It's um, there are a lot of unique challenges that you have to face and are willing to work through and go through. Well, it's just feeding back off of that. You know, why didn't anybody do it? I, you know, I could, we will never know. Yeah. You can, you can we'll never know. You can speculate. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I've always, head. you know, had that thought in my head. Like you asked, why didn't, like, why was I, why, why did I get passed up on, you know, so many times? Like, Legit, from the day I was born, I was passed up on for other stuff. And then my well, brother was born. He got passed up on. My sister was born. She got passed up on. You know, it's, it's always been in my head as why, you know, like, why me? I'm going to say this, and I've told you this before for people listening or probably thinking, none of that is your fault. And none of that is your fault. Yeah. Early but, on, it's this, you know, the, the situation and all that stuff is not your fault. And that's when I, I, I did tell you, I know in telling you, as we've got, you and I have sat down and had so many conversations about everything under the sun, from stuff that's good to stuff that's bad to you name it. We sit down, we've had some hard talks, we've had some cry sessions, we've had some, you name it. But one thing I'd always said is, look, all that stuff is not your fault. Um, the the time, the, you know, the stuff you didn't get elementary school, and, I, and by stuff I mean support, whatever it might yeah. be. The 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 few hundred dollars it takes to play football to be a part of a football team, which is a huge deal to a kid. I mean, if you that's those are huge things. Um, and then I also said, but at a certain point, then those you know because there was a time, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be hard on you for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time when you know because so many people begin to tell you that, and you think okay, and it's it's true. That's not your fault. But you can also use that as a crutch when something does go wrong or something you don't want to do. Well, it's not my fault because I blah, blah, blah. And I, and I told you, and I specifically, you probably remember this. I'm hoping you do because I've said it so many times, is that um, it was that's not your fault 
But anything from this point forward is, is your responsibility. Yeah. And decisions you make from this point forward, they don't have any more excuses like that. Yeah. Um, because we were, we like I promised you, we would, everything that the rest of our family had, it's yours too. So when you needed to go to something, if you were, if it was college, if it was playing football, if it was whatever, we're going to do everything we can to do, to get you what you need to be the best person you can be. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, the, that was not your fault. And I don't, can don't have an answer to why nobody else did that. And there's probably yeah hundreds of thousands, if not millions of other kids who probably ask that question every day and it's yeah. not fair, but I don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah. I mean, basically what you said was, I mean, it's not, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times even now. Right. I know I've I've been adopted going on what fourteen years next year. Yeah, I think so. Fourteen years next year, September. Yeah. Um even after these past fourteen years, you, I I can, but I can't help myself to think sometimes. No, sure. You know, looking back cause, What if? Because I'm almost twenty eight years old, so you know, nowadays I sit back because I have a daughter of my own, I sit back and think you know, she'll never, ever go through anything like that ever. So, you know, I sit back and think, why couldn't somebody be more like, or think how I think now? And yeah. and and then there and for a long time, I was very into the whole. You know, I'm glad I did get adopted because now I do have somebody to think yeah. about that thinks like that. Um, it's just, I still go back. Why didn't somebody just do something before? Like, it's not out of hatred or, 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 you know, dislike or discomfort towards you guys. No, no. It's I, just, no, no, I no. get to thinking, or I used to get to thinking about my life back then. And, you know, it's just something that comes up. I can't, I'm, I guess I can help it if I can try to forget it a little bit more, but I like to think about that stuff to see, you know, where I came from. We had a conversation, you know, four years ago about the stepping stones in my life. And there was four years in my life that I had, you know, I had to get over and I did. Those are, you know, the stepping stones before all that. I like to think, you know, sometimes a lot of that stuff were, you know, building the steps to a better life for me and, somewhat in somewhat ways they did because you know i would have never met you guys if i didn't go through all that crap back then yeah you know i i I would if i wouldn't have went to all those houses lived with all those friends you know couch to couch or bed to bed with my friends or whatever growing up in in middle elementary school middle school basically middle school i would have never met you guys well, it's like so, the, that. What do they call it? Like, the butterfly effect or, or a ripple effect when one little tiny decision can change the future of your life. It's just like us deciding to play football at that field that one day, just yeah. a random thought ended up leading us to that point where you became part of that, which led us, you know, step two, step three, yeah. you get to the point where we ended up adopting you. So let me ask you this Are you angry about those early days? Do you still think about that? Does it make you mad? How do you feel about that? Have you forgiven them? Yeah. Have you, yeah. How, what's, what's that process like? What do you long and hard? It took it took a long, long time. It took twelve years of being an adopted kid to uh, even consider it. So, I mean, you gotta think the past two years. Like I mentioned earlier, it, it's 
I'm 27, so I had to go 12 years to sit and think, do I want to stay mad forever at, you know, people that I don't want to give them a benefit of the doubt of anything because I don't think they deserve it, but they weren't in the right mind. Yeah. Like my biological mom got, you know, I know they say I, there's, and this might cause a little bit of controversy on whoever listens to this, but they say addiction is a disease. I, I'm sorry, but I don't believe it. I think it's a choice. You choose to do something and it gets you going. It's, I know that there's a, you know, there's something in your head where it kind of kicks it and, you know, it keeps you going, right. but you made the choice to do it to begin with. So to me, it's a choice. She chose to do drugs and do all this stuff. And I wanted to stay mad at her for the rest of my life. I never wanted to talk to her again. <clears throat> and, uh, I think it was like two years. Yeah. It was two years ago. Thanksgiving. Uh, my brother actually talked me into, cause I had talked to him about it. <clears throat> And he talked me into, you know, maybe it's time to let it go. And so I, now now I think I should have never contacted her, but I'm glad I did because I got it off my chest and I forgave her. I told her, I was like, I'm just going to let you know, I'll never forget it. I will tell you that much, but I couldn't control what you were doing back then. So I want you to know that, uh, you know, I forgive you for the crappy life you gave me, but also want to thank you for the crappy life you gave me because I would never be where I am today if it wasn't for such crap yeah, that you put me through. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I, I, I did end up uh, talking to her, forgave her about it, you know, let her go, let it go. I don't, I don't think about her, you know, it's, it's not that I mean that in a mean way. Yeah. Like, I just don't think about it. I don't mean that in a mean way. Yeah. It's just, you know, growing up, even after you guys adopted me, I still thought about her, obviously. Yeah. Sure. I know you did. But nowadays, and when I told her that I forgave her, it was like, it was like a weight just yeah. lifted off of my chest. Right. And I, I literally, I mean, you can ask my wife, I'm pretty sure I took the biggest sight of my life ever yeah. because I just let it go. And I was done with it. I didn't have to, I don't, I don't harp on it. I didn't have to harp on it anymore. I was done. And I mean that in capital letters. I was done and I didn't care what happened. So that one's gone. The biological dad said, I've told you before I talked to, you know, now his ex-wife, I talked to her at least once a year and it was never her decision on anything. So right. like, it's not like I can just say, Hey, I want you to know that I forgive you. Right. And if you can tell him that yeah. I'm, it's not that I can do that. She has no way of contacting him anymore. As far as I know, the last time I spoke to her, yeah. um, you know, which they have a daughter together Yeah. and he doesn't even see her. Mm. So it's not like I can just say, Hey, let me call him up or, you know, help me contact him. I, Literally, I don't know who to right. contact to get a hold of him, but it's not like I would have too many words for him anyways. Yeah. I, I mean, every other weekend, you know, for you know, two years, almost two years, and then there for two months, you know, on a long yeah. period of time there for two months, I just don't, I don't really have anything to say to him. You know, I don't, 
wish ill will on either one of them, but I don't care about him. I don't right. think I ever really did, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, after being through what you'd been through, and then you're only there for a short amount of time, yeah. it's not like you had a long time to build any kind of relationship. Exactly. Anyway. And it's it's different too because you go every two weeks for two years. It's not like you're getting to know somebody. Yeah. You know, it's at max. Yeah. Sixty four hours, sixty six hours a weekend. Yeah. You know, starting Friday after school, and then you spend two days. It's maybe 60 hours i mean yeah it's not like you're getting to know somebody and getting to build a relationship so it doesn't hit that part on him or towards him that doesn't necessarily bother me but. so let me let me ask you this then and we'll, we'll wrap up here pretty soon but um i mean there's there's all kinds of angles we could take in talking about this but i know that having gone through let me just put it this way and i i, I know in my mind some of the answers to these i'm asking in anyway so you can put it in your words What's it like to be 14 years old, adopted kid, people at the school may or may not know. We didn't make a big deal out of it to you because, I, in, in fact, at that time, you still kept your old last name. And yeah. when that came up at one time, I said, "That's I'm leaving that up to you. Uh, if you decide you want to change your last name, that's fine. And if you don't, that's fine, too, because there was enough changes going on in my mind. I was like, the last thing I want to do. Is have to go to have him have to go to school on Monday and go. Okay, now my name's different, and all of a sudden the why? What's that about? And all these yeah. questions coming along. So that to me, it didn't made it. It didn't matter at that time. For in, in fact, I, it was probably better not to change your name. But what was it like? I think if I would have changed my name then, it would have been uh, a lot different. In what way? It would have you know raised more questions and all that and all that. It'd have been harder. On yeah, you. it would have been harder for me to explain yeah. like what was going on because I mean a lot of people other than the people that I was with or staying with, they didn't know your situation. Nobody else knew my situation. Nobody knew what was going on. They didn't, you know. One week I was coming in with so and so, and the next week I they were they didn't give a crap back then. They just noticed, you know, that I was coming in one week or two week for two weeks. This person, you know, and then I would ride the bus or next week I'd be doing this. It's not something they could have caught on. I don't think. Right. So <clears throat> when uh so whenever the adoption went through and if I would have changed my last name I think it would have caused more problems not necessarily problems but more questions right and um, which would but, lead as a 14 year old kid at school when you know how how important what everybody thinks at school is when you're in middle school at 14 that's a big deal and when people start saying stuff it doesn't matter what it's for whether it's right or wrong Kids are going to say stuff, mean stuff, just ask questions, and you didn't need that question. I, and that was my opinion. You didn't need all that right there at the time. <coughs> but anyway, so what, what 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 was it like though? Was it um, was it a? It was it was awkward, wasn't it? It was very awkward. I mean, <laughs> for a while. No, I, I know. Especially, it, it was, was awkward, awkward for quite a while because I was showing up with my sister, and it, we were, you know, the year prior to the eighth grade when I, you know, quote unquote, dated her best friend. You know, she got a nickname because of me, and pardon my French, but it was Bitchy Richie. <laughs> yeah, she, right. and to this day, I'm not saying she is, but <laughs> that's not who she is anymore, no. But back then, she was, so it was like, we were bickering back then, like brother and sister, and right. it was always something between me and her because of, you know, her best friend at the time. Right. So, the when you guys ended up adopting me, and it was... uh regular basis every single day for mom to drop us off there was more questions on like you know what's going on yeah like why why are you coming in yeah with them and uh 
that was that was kind of rough. Uh, I let it go uh, just because I didn't want to deal with it. Right. You know, you know how I shell up some or used to shell up. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah. I just I didn't want to deal with it. I, I let people do their thing. Uh, I think it was awkward and. Uh, I couldn't answer it, so it tore me down a little bit. Right, right. Is what I mean. So it wasn't like demolishing me to where I, you know, I wasn't able to answer. It's just I wasn't able to answer the question. I I didn't know what you to tell want... some people other than that close group that I had. Yeah. In the in that year, that close, you know, little friend group. <clears throat> I, and there was I didn't know. I I'll tell you this: know. you talk about shelling up, and I, I know what you mean by that. I'm going to try to kind of explain that. But if you think. If you got teenagers or if you got kids and you try to get them to talk to you and you know they don't want to talk to you because that's, that's your normal biological kids that you raised when they were babies. They don't want to talk to you. They want to tell you what's going on in their life. Try it with, try it with a 14-year-old who you just adopted to get them to share what's going on or what they're thinking. That was damn near impossible. And because what, what I'd say shell up is like if he would get mad or embarrassed or didn't want to talk, you would not get a word out of him. You would not get anything for him to be able to. So, so it's hard as a to try to, I don't, I don't mean, I, I, I hope this comes out right. It's hard to be a parent. Or it's hard to make decisions to do what you think you need to do as a parent when you can't get any communication from a kid because of what they've been through and the awkwardness of, of being adopted and all that stuff at 14 years old. That was a challenge. That was probably one of the biggest challenges. And and if you didn't like something that I said, and I'm just throwing it all out there, or if I had to lay down a rule or lay down the law on something that you had done or, or don't – you want to go to somebody's house, but I was like, no, you're not going over there because I know what goes on over there kind of thing, uh, and you got mad, then there was no communicating. There it's was like, no communicating. I know you yeah, heard it was me. like It was like taking a, a stick of dynamite with the shortest <laughs> fuse that you could ever put on. Yeah. And him telling me no, that I couldn't go somewhere. Yeah. You know, back then, it was like lighting that – fuse that is the world's shortest fuse <laughs> it was like lighting well, that and just letting it go because that, i mean that's how i was back then yeah what are some of the other hardest times moments things you de- that you dealt with that um and again you can get as deep or as not as deep as you want to it's, i'm letting you kind of dictate what you want to talk about in terms of during that time and all that what was what was the hard stuff what, what was hard about it some of the hardest crap that i had to deal with or went through um, as being being adopted. Oh, being while I was being while I was adopted. After, after you were adopted. Oh, okay. I'm. Well, now we can go back before then too no, because I we didn't really get into this and I don't want to get too deep into it because I don't want to. Well, that's just a lot of stuff that it, it doesn't there because you pertain had, anymore to me. Right, but you did come up with a lot of um, and this I'm not I'm not we don't name any places or homes or anything like that, but there is violence involved. There yeah, is there a was lot. Uh, yeah. A lot of any times there's a lot of drugs and alcohol and people not paying attention. There's violence in there, so you grew up with a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, I know some stories, and we don't have to tell them. But maybe that's for another podcast sometime. If we want to get down to details because there's some stuff to make most people's toes curl. Yeah, there was a lot of it, and 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 st- other stuff grueling. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but though when you when when you're adopted after that, and then uh, as as a new adopted kid, because I'm thinking of parents thinking, I'm I'm hoping that people somebody might hear this and think, you know, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we should adopt somebody. Yeah, because there's tons of kids who that's, need it. That's kind of like whenever you put on Facebook that you were doing it. That's why I texted you and said you've been you talking know, about doing the podcast, you doing said, a podcast. Because I'd said years would ago, be, yeah, to write a book. Yeah, you you mentioned writing a book long time ago. Yeah, and. Uh, 
if I was better at writing, I, I would do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm just not, you're I'm not, not, you're I'm not, not that good writer. with you're... being able to put words down on paper yeah, right. and, and make it make sense. So once you, you announce it, I wanted to pounce on it and do it, but it has taken a little bit of time. They say guys, men in general, don't fully even mature till they're like mid-20s mentally. He's 24. <laughs> It might be 24, 25 for you. It was probably, it, what time is it? Well, I mean, that's about, that's about when I got my, my head, a little bit head, like my head a little bit on. Um, because be, I think because of, um, yeah, because of all the stuff you've been through, you were always very hard headed, very independent. Nobody's going to tell you anything, including me. It's part of um, Kettle Black. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying, um, as a kid, you, that, that made you even more thick skinned hard hard shell like yeah. you're talking about which i know deep inside you're you know you're sweet on the inside hard on the outside kind of thing when it comes to that kind of stuff but how long did it take you to start to to start thinking more like you think now because uh in terms of probably within the last couple of years right yeah having having a daughter yep is that pretty I, much what did it yeah honest honest god i think that's what did it is I just think in so many different ways now compared to uh, what I did two years ago. Yeah, two and a half years ago. Because you know ago. she's almost two not, now. We had but, some. I'd say knockdown dragouts. I'm talking about just arguments, like not seeing eye to eye on stuff. You being there's point, been some shouting point. between us. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've kind of seen a hundred, hundred and eighty degree turn on in you in the past couple of years, and, and I mean that in a good way. And, yeah. And and there, not that there wasn't good before. There was. But uh, just in terms of making mature decisions, doing what I know that you had the capability of doing or thinking and doing the right things, it's just that you still had a little bit of, um, um, I don't know what the word is, just um, instinct to do what was fun at the moment rather than trying to do the right thing or something in some cases. I know we've had that decision in high school, but that's probably every high school boy for the most part. Um, well, I think we had that conversation multiple times after high school oh yeah too, no we did we did yeah so um yeah so anyway i think we've had that conversation more than anything just because well, I, I made so many there were so many stupid stupid decisions that i made that i look back on now and i'm like what was i holy crap like <laughs> what was i thinking what in the world was i thinking? like that i mean you go back to your question earlier what was like what the hardest uh what was it? The hardest yeah, decision some of the hardest, or the hardest, hardest things stuff that happened had to you after happen. being adopted? Yeah. Um, I think trusting in you for me to actually open it up yeah, and talk a little bit. Because for a while, I didn't I didn't want to talk. I'm good. I'm yeah, all right. No, that was, that was okay. the answer yeah. to anything. So, what's, what's wrong with you? Obviously, good. something's wrong. Yeah. But yes, what's wrong? Nothing. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm fine. Like, yeah, I, I, I was always fine. I think that was the hardest thing that ever that I ever went through um, was actually – yeah. Um, but I think that was the hardest thing that I had to go through was, you know, opening it up and finally trusting in somebody, uh, for me to talk to. Yeah. Um, that was like legit. That was the hardest thing that I think I ever went through after I was adopted. Just cause it was so hard. It's today. It's still hard, but I'm more comfortable with doing it. Yeah. Like we can sit here and talk about this. And we can talk about other things, you know, outside of this session here. And we've done it plenty of times. 
I'm more comfortable doing it now than I was then. And I think that was like one of the hardest things that I had to, you know, kind of put myself through was just opening up and trusting in somebody and being able to just let it go, let it, let it flow out. I've always tried to say um, along those lines is when I try to explain to somebody back when, you know, you weren't listening and it was obvious you weren't and, (laughs) and I I couldn't get you to talk about, well, I know you always listen, just didn't respond is that, um, imagine, and I would say this to our girls or anybody else is, is imagine it, most people who grew up with two parents or at least a, a parent that was there. And that's the one person you always knew you could count on. What if you didn't have that? And that's, I think, and I, you can, I see you shaking your head, but that's the thing I always try to let them try to get somebody to understand is when the number one person that that's the first person you ever trust is your parents. And if you don't have that, how do you ever learn to trust anybody? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think, and that's what I try to explain to people is it's a, it takes time. It also is very quick to be destroyed. Trust can be destroyed just like that. But um, but it's hard to gain trust. It just takes time. Yeah. That's really the only thing. And 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 trying to do the right thing. But so yeah. So I can see I 100% get that. So I'm and and other parents who have adopted kids or whatever, especially older kids. That's a big battle. That is a huge battle. It's that the whole trust issue is a huge. Probably I'd say probably the top thing. Because until you can trust somebody, you can't really, you, you can't really, you know, you can't really learn to love them. You can't, yeah. there's a lot that goes on with that. That's a, that's a deep subject. I'm not a psychologist. That's a deep subject to get into. But. I think if somebody that does listen to this that has somebody like that, not saying that you're adopting them or you're thinking about it or anything, but you know somebody like that, best thing to tell them is, you know, don't pressure them into it. Don't put it, you know, yeah. tell them they need to or they have to and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Like you said, take time, you know, open up to them, you know, let them know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell them your thoughts on things. Just let them be them and. It'll come. I mean, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll. Might take 12 years. Okay. It didn't take that dang long, (laughs) but it, it will. I mean, it takes time. It's, it's rough. Like you mentioned, you know, some kids nowadays or not nowadays, how I grew up, they don't have you know, that consistent person that they're able to talk to. I was able, I didn't ever really talk to people about problems, but I was able to trust a few people that I can bring up, you know, those small, like, oh, this happened or that happened kind of deal. I was able to do that with like, I think two or three people, maybe. But not the really deep stuff. Yeah, but the really deep stuff, that's something, uh, that's something you can't just pry out of somebody. You got to let them take their time with that, because that's 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 uh, it's not what happened with us. I'm not saying that, but no, no, I know it took me, me alone, not you, but it took me forever to pry it out of myself to talk to you about. And I think uh, looking back at it now, if I would have just opened up a little bit more back then, it wouldn't have been as hard. I think we can wrap it up there. Good job, man. I think you did uh, a good job. Maybe we uh, make a part two out of this and get into some more detail about specific stuffs down the road someday when you're ready for that. But um, yeah, what do you think? Nerve wracking. I think you did a good job. As many times as I've talked about it, it's still a little nerve wracking. Yeah, no kidding. So if you're thinking about adoption here, a couple of uh, statistics for you. I know in Tennessee, there are around 77,000 grandparents in Tennessee raising their grandchildren. 
Nationally, the states that have the highest percentage of grandparents raising their grandchildren are Mississippi with 2.7%, then Arkansas at 2.2%, Louisiana, Alabama, those are the top. In North Carolina, it's 1.6%, according to the Carolina Demography website. And that's not including the kids who don't have grandparents or any biological family helping them out that are available for adoption or in foster care. If you want more details about foster care or adoption in Lincoln County, you can go to lincolncountync.gov and you can click on that page to get more details on it there. And down the road, we'll hopefully get somebody on from there to talk specifically about this county and adoptions and foster kids available here. Because um, even though it's not an easy thing to do an adoption or be a foster parent, it is rewarding and it will change people's lives. Until the next podcast, we'll see you.